Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, everybody, welcome to the very first episode of the Believe in the Jaguars podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network. We are very excited to be here, much, much anticipated, at least by us. I don't know about y'all, but but we have been excited to get to work. I am your co-host, Phil Smith, a.k.a. Phil the Filipino, and I am joined by my other co-host, co-host here, James Johnson from the Jaguars Wire of USA Today. Jay, man, do we have some stuff to talk about? But first, how are you doing today, buddy? I'm good, man. You know, all things considered with the news that we're going to discuss that came out. But um, I'm good. I'm, uh, I can't complain, man. The regular season and the football season in general. Well, I guess I won't say that. It's, it's not truly over because the XFL begins this weekend. But the NFL season has ended, uh, which means, you know, I can kind of get a break and uh, maybe even spend more time podcasting, which I won't complain about that. So um, I'm actually doing pretty good. I can't complain, man. That's good, man. And like I said, we've been really, really excited to get to work here with the Believe Podcast Network and talk about the Jaguars and deliver you the very best Jaguar podcast that is out there. So before we start, I want to make sure that you guys know if you enjoy this show, one of the best ways to support it is head over to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star review. Tell us what you like. Even tell us what you think we can improve on. We're always open to constructive criticism. We're available pretty much anywhere you listen to your podcast. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can also find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast on Twitter. And then myself is I am at Phil the Filipino on Twitter. And you can find Jay at SportsGrind underscore Don. Now, of course, if you're also interested in advertising on the show, please contact Believe at Believe.com. There are definitely some advertising opportunities to get to there. So as I mentioned, Jay, this is our very, very first episode. And we're just excited to be part of this incredible believe podcast library if you guys haven't checked it out there's there's pretty much a podcast for anything between sports and reality television and movies and everything like that pretty much a podcast for whatever your interests are and one of one of our favorites jay i'm pretty sure i can speak for you is our buddy uh, jacob delorence who has been on this podcasting ride with us for the last couple of years he actually actually has two podcasts on the believe network Uh, one is the yukon women's basketball podcast that he got to work on a couple of months ago, and then also a brand new one that he's put out with his partner, um, which is an NXT podcast for those of you wrestling fans out there. So two really great shows you guys should check out. And Jay, I don't know if you've gotten a chance to listen to them, but yeah, Jacob's out there putting in work, and I know we're we're super proud of him. Yeah, man, first and foremost, I'm, yeah, just like you, I'm super excited for episode one, man. I've been waiting to get this thing jumping and uh, get the wheel, the wheels rolling, so to speak, for a minute now. So, man, I can't wait to share my thoughts as i said in the teaser as well and yeah shout outs to jacob man he's doing good work i have listened to both of his podcasts um not necessarily every episode but i've listened to the nxt one and i've also listened to the women's basketball one with uconn and he's popping pumping out quality content so everybody feel free uh, to look him up and basically you know for those who are iphone users just look up 
Believe in UConn or look, simply look up Believe in NXT and you'll be able to find him. Rate, comment, subscribe, and uh, just give him your feedback as he's putting together some quality work, man. And um, yeah, we'll have him on here, you know, occasionally pop in because he has been a big part of our journey. And um, I'm so thankful uh, that, you know what I'm saying, that journalism has allowed me to find a lot of good people and he's one of them. And I'm thankful for that. And uh, we do look to continue uh, to strive into new heights, even uh, with Jacob doing something else with his podcast. We still want to keep moving and, uh, you know, improving our craft. Absolutely. So as you mentioned, make sure to check out those shows. They're they're just top notch, along with everything else here on the Believe Podcast Network. So let's get into it, Jay. So the news broke today that a lot of fans, I think, were expecting, at least for those of us that are in the know and that are pretty tuned in to the franchise. And they announced that they are going to be playing back-to-back home game, well, quote-unquote home games, in London next season. We don't know who those teams are going to be. We know that it's not going to be the Steelers or the Bears. Coincidentally, those are two fan bases that travel very well. We'll get to that in a very, <laughs> here in a minute. Uh, this is some information that came out from the press release um, from Jaguars.com. The Jacksonville Jaguars today announced that the Jaguars will play two of their home games at Wembley Stadium, connected by EE over consecutive Sundays in London in 2020, making them the first team in NFL history to play two home games outside of the United States in the same regular season. So some of these details come from Mike Duraco of ESPN. Uh, The Jaguars do roughly make twice on a home game in London than they do on a home game at TIAA. Uh, Mark Lamping added that another game in Wembley was, quote, the right action for the team to take. And it was the best way to offset the boost that teams like the Chargers, Raiders, and Rams have been receiving by moving into new stadiums and stabilize the long-term future of the franchise. Shad Konst came out and stated that he expects a positive fan reaction to the second home game. Um, He says one of the quotes that came out was, I believe in what's possible for Jacksonville and I'm going to do whatever it takes to help the Jaguars and the city of Jacksonville reach its full potential. He also said, I think if you go back when the first game was announced and really historically what that's done for the city and done for the Jaguars. So my expectation is that it should be very positive when asked about the fan reaction. Uh, Everything we're doing helps the city, helps us. And that's what you need a small market team to do to get on a competitive footing with all the resources you need to compete with the other big market teams. So Jay, I mean, stuff coming out all over the place. I'll get into some of the comments that Mark Lamping made here in just a moment. But like I said, this seems to be something that a lot of the fan base, including you and I, and even Jacob talked about, is we kind of expected this to happen. It didn't make it any less shocking or more or less upsetting, in my opinion. So when you found when you found out this news when it finally broke, what was your first reaction? Yeah, man. Of course, you know, like you said, we were bracing for it, bracing for impact, so to speak. But uh, that still didn't uh, make it any better. Um, especially the fans, especially didn't take it well, and that includes us. And that being said, you know, like the question that basically the bottom line question that keeps coming up is, you know, are the Jacksonville Jaguars doing this to keep up in terms of revenue uh, with the other teams, so to speak, which you mentioned, like the teams like that's moving to Las Vegas, which is the Raiders and the uh, Chargers and the Rams who are moving into a new stadium. I forgot the name of it, but it's like worth $5 billion. 
are they doing it to keep up with those guys and also the teams that have already existed? You know, the Cowboys of the world, which you are a secondary fan to, um, and, and, you know, Jerry Jones and those guys that uh, Bob Crafts of the world that are atop the list in terms of NFL ownership and revenue. So is it more so, you know, to keep up with those guys? If you're shot, come keep pace with those guys, which is, I think one of the fans issues with that is that's a little bit absurd because you bought a small market team and you're trying to keep up with big market teams that also, by the way, which we'll get into, have traditions of winning, at least better traditions of winning than the Jacksonville Jaguars. So that's the big bottom line question. Are you trying to keep up with those people or, you know, is it truly about pumping revenue back into the city of Jacksonville and and helping the city of Jacksonville with what's earned over there. Because like you said, it's double the amount of a game played at TIAA bank field. And the fans are really calling BS on this thing. Like they believe that really, you know, this is more so for Shad Khan's pockets, you know, for his net value to increase money going into his pockets, as opposed to it being more about the city of Jacksonville and helping out the Jacksonville Jaguars, helping them stay quote unquote viable in Jacksonville and so on and so forth. Yeah. And as to, you know, you and I were two people that are pretty, as we mentioned, pretty tuned into the fan base. We follow a lot of season ticket holders and really just the amount of immediate backlash was very, very apparent. I know one of the, one of the hardest working people in that fan base is, uh, you know, bold city cap. And uh, we, we know him personally, and he's a really, really great guy and really works very hard to to kind of, you know, give fans opportunities to, you know, go elsewhere in terms of traveling to away games and putting things together. And, and you feel for people like that, because, you know, while I've never gotten the opportunity to be a season ticket holder, um, I, I, I do recognize that there are fans out there who have been committed to this team since day one that have been season ticket holders for 20 plus years and and things like this are just a slap in the face to take away one of those Sundays from us. And this is one of the things that's coming out of the, out of this deal uh, coming also from the press release in 2020 Jaguar season ticket members will receive a 50% discount on preseason games and favorable variable uh, pricing on the six regular season games that will result in an overall average ticket price reduction of 5% representing a 15% savings off their invoice from last season said the Jags in their press release. In addition, season ticket holders will receive a strong benefits package with features both new and improved that will be announced during the renewal process. And I even saw um, immediately on on Twitter, Jay, I don't know if you saw them, some people showing their emails to their ticket representative telling them, we're not going to renew, don't contact me. Yeah, I saw that at the end of the day. Look, man, (laughs) in front of the word Jaguars is Jacksonville and it's feeling less and less like this team is involved with Jacksonville and, and, and at least in terms of the games they're playing here because they're slowly starting to ease games away. And I think for the fans, they feel like, you know, at this point, what's to stop them from doing, you know, adding more games in London, doing a four and four schedule and, and still try and make this seem like they're the Jacksonville Jaguars when they're the international Jaguars, if they're going to be sharing games with London like that. So, you know, it's just, you're right. It's a slap in the face. Uh, and, and you can't blame the fan base uh, because, you know, they have spent their hard earned money into this team um, and and they do deserve to have a say because it feels like shotgun has been tone deaf to them. They do deserve to have a say in, in, you know, this matter. And I guess their way of doing that, which is perfectly fine, is to say, hey, you know, 
when you call me for season tickets or whatever the case may be, uh, think twice about it because I'm going to give you a piece of my mind, so on and so forth. And, um, you know, this is going to be our way of, of voicing our opinion since Shad Khan seems to not not be basically getting the getting the message, you know, because the thing about this is like we like you said, we've long known about it. That being said, you know, people have been on social media basically just stressing this message that like, hey, we do not want another game in London. And it seems like Shad Khan did it anyway, didn't listen you know, we had the situation with Mark Lampin, which we'll talk about, where he had to go back on the radio and kind of backtrack, if you will, and so on and so forth. But it still seems like after this news that popped up today, it basically feels like they've been tone deaf and they heard none of what the fans been, uh, you know, going off about in terms of uh, not having another game in London over the last couple of months or so. And remember, guys, you know, as far as a you know, an NFL season, there's there's only 16 games. That's what's one of the things that makes an NFL game and an NFL season so special. You only get to really experience it eight times a season normally, you know, for your home fans. And now two of those games are being taken away from us. Do you think really that that season ticket holders are going to care that they can get 50% off of a preseason game, which may end up being preseason game, you know, number one, and number four, you know, or something like I know I'm pretty sure they alternate them, but you, you you're going to get at least one preseason game that doesn't matter. And we may even get less preseason games in the future if this 17 game schedule comes to fruition. But you really think that these hardworking, uh, longtime supporters, you know, these season ticket holders care that they're going to get 50 percent off of a game that doesn't even matter. Like like you said, completely tone deaf. What what in the world is going on up there? I saw another comment that, you know, when, when Shad Khan took over, he, it, it seemed like, you know, he came in with this, I'm going to listen to this fan base to now he has evolved some way into thinking that he has gotten everything figured out. So what is it that happened between what was it? 2013 and now to have him just completely disregard what it is that we want you know, I think what a part of what's playing a big role in this is uh, the NFL, the NFL and their greed. You know, we see it all the time and the owners as a whole want to add more to their pot when basically like these teams get money and make profit from existing, just simply existing. They're making profit. And I don't, I don't want to say all of the owners, but many of them, uh, you know, they feel like, you know, there's always more money to make and we're going to continue to make more money and milk the fans for their worth. And, you know, they probably, uh, I don't know if shot Khan is necessarily on that boat, but they're probably, you know, Roger Goodell and company are probably down his neck about making more money and bringing in more money uh, from his share of the pot, which is the Jacksonville Jaguars, one of, you know, 32 or so owners. Uh, so I, I think that's a big part of it is maybe, the NFL is influencing him to the point or, or, you know, maybe it's a personal thing where he, he feels like he wants to be, he feels like it's this realistic expectation to make what Jerry Jones makes and what Robert Kraft makes or whatever the case may be with these franchises. When again, they're winning franchises. Shad Khan on the other hand is making money and, and making money in Jacksonville with a franchise that is basically 38 and 90 since he's taken over what he's been here eight seasons so you know he's only had one good season and that being said 
you know, he can't really actually, and this is something we talked about earlier too in, a, in another, another podcast with the Jags then, uh, but, you know, you can't really put too much into uh, how Mark Lamping put it, you know, like winning won't necessarily cure all of the Jags woes or, he, you know, I'm just paraphrasing him there, but you can't really look at the 2017 season and really use that as a meter of what the Jazz could potentially be in terms of bringing in local revenue, because that was one winning season out of seven or eight or that Shad Khan has had, you know, it takes winning consistently to get the community behind you and to build that, that boulder, if you will, of, of local revenue and to make it trickle into more money and more money. One season here and there is not going to cut it. And they haven't given the fans a fair chance to see a consistent winner to see how the local media or the local fans, should I say, would react to having a consistent team and what kind of money it would bring in to have a consistent team. And I think that's the worst part of this all is like they just haven't been given the fan base hasn't been given the opportunity to even react to a decent product on the field. And now we got to sit through two games across seas over in the across the pond, so to speak. Uh, because it feels like shotgun hasn't done his part in terms of putting a winner on the field. And secondly, it feels like winning is a second priority after all of this has gone down. You know, he has said, you know, winning and lamping as well has said winning is a top priority, but it doesn't really feel that way. It feels like adding money to the NFL pot or adding money to NFL's pockets is the priority here over winning and winning may be second, but you know, that's where I'm at with it. Yeah, and just to touch on the comments that you were alluding to, but from Mark Lamping. So here is a little bit from, so he he did admit that the Jags have not done their part uh, during an exchange about the team's lack of success on the field and how it's affected their local revenue. Uh, He said, quote, I can tell you there's no way the organization can sit here today and look at their fans and say we've delivered the type of product on the field you'd expect. Um, But he did also uh, add on as you mentioned that he didn't believe that winning would be the silver bullet for the Jags revenue issues using the 2018 season as an example uh, the team sold 52,000 season tickets after going to the AFC championship game in 2017 the quote was to sit back and say winning is going to cure everything not in this market and and that is where you know these comments are, are really really riling up the fan base you know we had Shad Khan come out and say some similar things earlier in the uh, well after the season had been over or it might have been during the season I can't 100% recall but things like this I mean we bring up the 2017 season a lot and it may be it may have been an anomaly and it may have been one of those opportunities where everything really just fell into place and I think that's why a lot of people are still upset about the AFC championship game being taken away from them because it did seem like all of the pieces to the puzzle were going to come together that particular year and sometimes teams like the Jaguars that's what what you need and that seemed to be our year but unfortunately unfortunately it was taken away from us when you look at how the city rallied around this team during that stretch to say stuff like this again completely tone deaf i lived in dallas in 2017 and i was still very aware that this team the city was so behind this team that i i hadn't seen anything like it since 2007 when they had that run against the Steelers and then and then uh, ultimately lost to the undefeated Patriots in the divisional round but the to to not even be here but still understand and feel the energy in that stadium especially in that Bills game the first wild card game I mean that's all you need to really look at I don't understand where they're coming from the team has grown in terms of in terms of its value 
since he purchased it. The uh, As far as attendance, we jumped all the way up to 15th in the league after that 2017 season. And what happened? The team, the team was winning. Even at the start of the 2018 season, when we came off of that Patriots game, that I mean, the, the fans, again, I was not living here, but I, you could feel the energy coming from that place when they came out of that out of that game having beat the Patriots. And yes, it wasn't the AFC Championship game, but for, for a, a franchise that had been struggling for so long, that win was a very big deal, Jay. And I think you, yeah, I, th- I think you'll echo the same. But like, like you said, these comments from Lamping, again, a slap in the face to this, to this franchise, well, to the fans more, more so. But I mean, I, I just don't get where they're coming from when, when they bring up these kinds of excuses. Right. And again, like you said, th- that season 2017 was an anomaly. But the problem with was, it, again, echoing what I said, it was just one season out of many for Shotgun and one season, you know, out of the whole decade in which the Jags had won. So you can't really put into like they can't really use that necessarily as I guess you could say the top amount of data to say like, OK, this team isn't going to bring in a lot of local revenue even while they're winning because again like you have to you have to have more than one season out of 10 to start to build that fan base and build that uh i guess you know that that stream of revenue a stronger stream of revenue into the team uh so that's why like people feel like those comments on mark lamping's place were out of hand if you will and again like some of this stuff you know is not necessarily lamping's fault you know, Shah Khan is the one that sends him out there to be the messenger for this type of thing. And, you know, one thing, you know, I do want to say is that lamping so much doesn't really have a lot to do with what's on the field. That's not kind of his expertise and whatnot. So it's a little bit unfair, if you will, for for Shah Khan to send him out there and, and have to answer these type of questions. But at the same time, you can't make a comment like that and saying that, you know, winning won't really help things not in this market quote unquote uh, because like you're overstepping your boundaries at that point and you don't really know that for a fact because the team has only won uh once in the last decade in terms of having a winning season and a product worth watching so I can see why fans get frustrated from him going out there and being the messenger and kind of you know taking it out on him as well uh but I think at the end of the day it's really you know the, the finger at the for the most part should be pointed at Shad Khan and uh a little bit at Mark Lamping. And we haven't even gotten into the ramifications this may have in terms of the on the field product because you know playing two games away now granted they're going to be back to back. A lot of people as far as an idea I would like to see or hear your opinion on this in terms of what teams will probably get there. Are a lot of people that are under the impression that it's probably going to be two divisional games. Now, now let's talk about the part in terms of how, you know, of course, already the NFL PA statement came out earlier or uh, well, late last year, you know, that's of course a stain on the record of the, or a stain on the reputation of the Jags. And now this, how are you going to convince free agents? Hey, come play for us, but you do have to spend two weeks, probably a little bit more away from your family every single season on top of the usual grind that an NFL player goes, uh, you know, goes through every single year. Yeah. This is another thing. One of those things that shot kind of looks to be tone deaf to, because uh, it seems like he thinks they can be competitive and still pull off this thing of going to London for two weeks. And another thing to consider here is not only just like to, to get free agents to come here, which is going to be hard to do uh, on top of the NFL PA stuff, as you said, but 
you know, I forgot the exact statistic, but Brent Martin actually mentioned this on, on his show on um, ESPN 690. But, you know, coming back from London, uh, typically when people come across from across seas, the next game results in a loss, even if you have a bye week. So that hurts you competitively. Like it's, I know like it's not necessarily a whole lot of data out there towards it, but we've been doing the international series long enough to say, yeah, you know, that's worth something that Shad Khan should have definitely, if he wants to be competitive in terms of a product on the field, that's something that he definitely should have noticed and taken look to and taken note of, especially with the way they're into analytics and this, that, and the other. But yeah, that's another part of it. It's like, uh, you know, I guess that lag when you come back from that game in London, or in this case, it's going to be two weeks. You know, we we may be probably looking at a loss after they come back from that trip. So, again, man, like these are the kind of things that Shah Khan seems to be tone deaf to and, and is not really considering. And that's why people feel like basically in a nutshell that he, you know, has making money over the priority of winning. Yeah. It's just like, again, like you said, you, you know, how, how you, they're going to try and spin this for, for players who are probably might maybe already on the fence about joining this franchise is just beyond me. And, you know, of course they already made the decision that was very, that was very unpopular to not clean house in terms of the front office and the coaching staff. And, and you and I mentioned this on the Jag stand, Jay, and we've mentioned it on social media. This is going to be, the most important off season, I think in franchise history, and they are not off to a very good start uh, as far as the home opponents. So here's, here's who they have for 2020. So of course we know it's not going to be Pittsburgh or Chicago. So that leaves Detroit, Cleveland, Miami, Tennessee, Houston, and Indianapolis, of course. So those three divisional opponents now between those, those teams, I'm not sure who, who would be the most, I mean, maybe you send Miami um, and you get Tua in in london you know on kind of a early big stage there maybe a baker mayfield something along those lines either way as i mentioned you know the the, the fans are going to lose out on two home games and potential and the potential to see you know other plays because that is some uh, some of the appeal to these home games is you get to see players of course that you don't get to see all the time and now they're going to be robbed of, of two of those opportunities which is just uh it's just awful and um you know, the one one of the last things we we do just want to uh, we, we do just want to uh, point out here, Jay, is um, you know I wonder I'm wondering how the players feel about it as, as well. You know, uh, we got we all we have this Yannick Ngakwe situation looming over us. We, we're coming off of the Jalen Ramsey situation, of course, and you know uh, I'm not sure if you you saw this on social media. Uh, Leonard Fournette has erased every picture regarding. Uh, uh, with him in any kind of Jaguar gear, including his profile picture on Instagram. And I mean, how do you think the players are feeling about this? And I, I don't know how they have reacted in terms of going over to London here the last few years, but I mean, how, how do you think the current roster feels about having to go over to London for two weeks plus? They can't like it, you know, like just uh, from the family aspect to keep their, them away from their families that long, probably they don't like, um, you know, I guess maybe it, it would change if they can have success over there. And I don't know, like how they want to do it. Like you said, um, in terms of the schedule, in terms of getting uh, who, who they're going to put over there. Uh, but I don't think it really matters in the sense that, you know, you're looking for the 
to pull a popular team or whatever the case may be over there because the fans in London really don't care about football that much. You know, yeah, it, it generates a lot of revenue for the one or two weeks that football is there, American football is there. But if you were to have like a, a loan sustain uh, a sustained amount of games there, we would probably see that, you know, they're more interested in other things, most notably soccer and what have you. So that, that was one tidbit I wanted to throw out there. I don't think like, you know, when Shah Khan tries to spin it as uh, we're getting Union Jacks members uh, that that we're, we're adding fans over there in London to the Jaguars fan base, this, that and other. I don't really think like it's that significant in terms of that um and then another thing like you know albeit we felt like Caldwell should have been fired this is something I wanted to touch on as well you're making his job harder to bring in free agents and one thing I will say about Dave Caldwell is it sounds like uh from the people I talk to and and just in general and mostly journalists it sounds like agents really like Dave Caldwell they like playing for him and with Tom Coughlin over not over his shoulders it'll be easier to bring in free agents but now he has to deal with this situation that makes it even harder yeah Tom Coughlin is gone but now you got to convince somebody to come in here as a free agent and and there's two games looming in London a year maybe past this year we don't know for sure are you he has to convince people to come in on those kind of terms it's going to be extremely difficult for him to, you know, make a pitch to uh, uh, in, incoming free agents, if you will. So uh, in, in terms of in general, yeah, I don't think the players like this, they've already spoken out. They have been speaking out against um, the owners a lot lately, especially with the NFLPA situation coming up with the Jazz specifically. But, you know, there were some quotes uh, from the Pro Bowl where Josh Allen, uh, they talked about uh, or Josh Allen and Calais Campbell were talking about how they weren't in favor in the of the 17 game season uh, if it happens especially for a rookie's case who it would be just super strenuous for a rookie who has to go to the senior bowl uh has to go to all-star games the combine and then it's straight to football nfl football after they're drafted so he made a good point about that and and you know you can't think uh something of this magnitude some of this matter is something they would be in favor of either Right. So, you know, another aspect that we do have to think about in terms of the team, you know, just what the players are going to have to go through as well. And, you know, hopefully there is not just, you know, more build, more frustration building within that locker room. We'll see what happens. But, you know, Jay and I just knew we had to get on and talk about this right away. We will move on to a couple of more topics before we wrap up here uh, that we want to get, get into um, and, and see and what seems to be the the smallest amount of damage control possible that it was announced today that Trent Balky has been uh has uh, been brought into the organization as director of player personnel um he has spent 20 plus years in the league he spent 12 seasons with the 49ers including 6 as the team's general general manager he was fired after the 2016 season uh, the team did go 51, 44, and 1 during his time as the general manager with three consecutive NFC t- title appearances, as well as well as a Super Bowl appearance. Um, some of the players as far um, as as uh, as Trent Baalke, I mean, he did draft Alden Smith, Colin Kaepernick, Eric Reed, Vance McDonald, Jimmy Ward, Carlos Hyde, Aaron Lynch, Eric Armstead, uh, Jakiski Tart, and DeForest Buckner. Um, so, you know, some hits, some misses, obviously some character issues in there as well. Um, but as far as Trent Balky, you know, when you and I spoke earlier today, Jay, you did seem to be at least uh, so- somewhat positive about it. So what do you know about Trent Balky? Do you, uh, 
that uh, leads you to believe this could be a, at least a good decision, you know, amidst all this other muck that's going on. Yeah, the uh, interesting thing about Trent Baalke is when we hired him, uh, the first thing that came to mind, I remember vividly, me and you were in Jacksonville at the time. It was the time of Colin Kaepernick's prime and uh, the 49ers prime under hardball. And they were, you know, they were just putting together phenomenal football. Crabtree was there. Uh, some other guys were there that's escaping my mind right now. But I remember me and you. I think Vernon Davis was still there, I think. At the yeah, time. yeah, uh, man. Davis, uh, Frank Gore might have been there. I'm not sure. Uh, but the product, I mean, they had a lot of sure, they yeah. had a lot of guys on defense, too, that they were doing good things with, like Alden Smith, who's no longer in the league. But, you know, he was a guy that kind of uh, I think he led like the he had the most rookie sacks ever in, in NFL history or something close to that magnitude. And it was it was a bunch of guys on that defensive side that, uh you know, that we were kind of high on at the time. Well, very high on. That's when Dave Caldwell first became the general manager of the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I can remember sitting on the couch with you and we were like, man, what would it be like to have a team of that magnitude? So here we are, what, seven years later, basically. And now we got the guy that concocted the team that we kind of admired back then, which uh, that I guess that's kind of fitting that we're podcasting about it now. But uh, yeah, that being said, man, like I, I like the move, especially in terms of when you look at Balky's first four, three or four years with the 49ers as the GM, at least he did great things there. Um, and I, I do believe, although John Harbaugh, I, I've, you know, we hear the things about like a lot of people don't necessarily like him as a coach. Uh, but I believe if they were able to keep Harbaugh there and keep what they had in place there, that, you know, that what they had in, in San Francisco would have been maybe sustainable. Uh, but we'll never know because, you know, he obviously parted ways and is with the Michigan Wolverines right now. Uh, but, yeah, in terms of, you know, that first half body of work that he has as a GM is pretty impressive in terms of what he's drafted and, you know, they won two NFC West titles, um, went to the Super Bowl, uh, the one where they faced the Ravens, another Super Bowl that we watched together uh, at a Super Bowl party. That being said, in terms of the back half, you know, that may scare you away. But again, like that was without Harbaugh, you know, some things fell apart, this, that and the other. You know, he took a little bit of time away from the league in terms of being with the organization. I think he was like a consultant for the NFL, but he wasn't necessarily with the organization. But uh, he was fired in 2016, so we're in 2020. That's about four years he spent away from an organization. And you would think, like, you know, as a consultant, that gave him some time to look back and make some player evaluations, look back at his mistakes, this, that, and the other. And now he can offer Dave Caldwell some help, uh, who who needs it very, very much so. Uh, he can offer Dave Caldwell some help in a key department as uh, Chris Polian was fired, a very good friend of Dave Caldwell, by the way. I don't want, well, I won't say fired, but um, we don't know what happened. But all of a sudden, he just parted ways and he was erased from the team's site. And we don't know specifically what happened with him. But he was a good friend of Caldwell. Uh, now he gets somebody who is very experienced to replace Polian, uh, somebody who's been a GM himself, somebody who can, you know, offer some takes after sitting back and watching the game from another perspective. And I think that could really help Dave Caldwell uh, in in very, very uh, in various ways, if you will. So we'll see. I'm a fan of the hire. Um, and, you know, I, I did need I, I did think that this needed to be done uh, because just going through a season that's so crucial for Dave Caldwell 
without one of your lieutenants, that kind of puts a lot on his shoulders as it is. And I felt like they needed to hire somebody to replace Polian and that they shouldn't have continued the season with that spot being vacant. And here we are. Yeah, listen, you know, it may not be the exact the exact move that fans have been craving, but it, it is something. And as you mentioned, a guy that has had success in the league. So, you know, I, I'm all for it if they think that it's going to help the team and when it, when it comes to free agency, which starts here next month. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll continue to monitor that and, and see what comes out of it going forward. And the very last thing we want to talk about is just give a shout out to Calais Campbell, who did win the 2019 Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year Award uh, last week, um, you know, at the NFL Honors. Uh, you know, a guy who just since he got here has, of course, been a fan favorite. He's produced not only on the field, but also off. Um, you know, he's he's just uh, been everything you could possibly want out of a free agent. Uh, and, and, you know, really, really happy for him, especially after the news about Tony Baselli once again missing the cut, which is, a, a you know, a which is a topic that we will get into some other time. But, you know, do you have any words about Calais before we wrap up here, Jay? You know, I, I was, like I said, very, very happy for him and um, really wasn't too surprised that he won, to be honest with you. Now, it really doesn't shock you that he won it, but at the same time, it kind of does because the Jaguars, even for something that's kind of more so off the field in terms of an award, they don't really get a lot of love in terms of honors awards. So, for them to notice what he's doing off the field and on the field with the Jaguars, that's big, I think. Um, although, you know, he did spend many years with the Cardinals before, but uh, he, he that just shows you he's had a great impact here in the uh, city of Jacksonville and in the state of Florida because he, he obviously has ties to Miami, too, which is fitting. That's where he won the award, went to Miami University and was a second-round pick from, from the school. So uh, that's good from that perspective, man. And like, you know, I'm just so more so happy about what it says about Calais Campbell, the person more so on the field. Uh, And it shows, you know, because the community of Jacksonville needs more people like him in the community, more positive, uh, impactful players on the team. And just in general, the community needs more figures like him in general. And he's doing a great job in terms of the various uh, events that he holds and the various charities he he helps out. Uh, this, that, and the other. And uh, I'm glad to have him, especially from a a philanthropic standpoint. Very glad to have him on the team in in the city of Jacksonville. Yeah, you know, a guy just, he's been, who's hosted a a couple of Christmas events. Uh, Christmas with Calais is the event here where he takes several local kids on a shopping spree. He also does, you know, salute to service uh, here for, for the NFL, as well as the Jaguar for a day program. He also has the CRC foundation uh, alongside with his mother Natia. Uh, the foundation is actually named in honor of his late father, Charles Campbell, and it's dedicated to teaching life skills to young people. Um, his ex- exemplary work through the charity and others has earned, uh, earned him the Bart star award last year, uh, which is given to those who exemplify outstanding character and leadership on and off the field. So, you know, congratulations to Calais, and he's a guy that's really embraced this fan base and vice versa. This fan base has really, really embraced him. And, and given the track record that this team has had in terms of free agents, it, just to have a guy come in here and really just kind of 
uh, indulge himself in the community and and also good causes is really really great to see. So we wanted to end on a positive note, guys. Uh, you know, like I said, amongst everything else that's been going on, we at least have that going for us. So uh, Jay, that's it for the first episode, man. I mean, <laughs> it was a lot to get into, and guys, we have so much content in the bank for you guys to to talk about as we get this thing rolling. We really really are excited to have you along for the ride. Of course, Jay, as far as Jaguars Wire content, you know, we're coming up on the offseason. And as I mentioned before, the Jaguars are offseason champions, baby. This is our time. We're not off to a great start, but we got free agency. We got the the NFL draft coming up. And this is where we thrive all the way up until about the second preseason game in August. But until then, we're going to look really good. So, Jay, what do you what do you have planned for everybody in terms of this podcast, but also on the Jaguars wire on the USA Today site? Yeah, man, it's uh, officially draft season for the whole league now as of Sunday when the, the Super Bowl, uh, Super Bowl L.I.V., as it was put, live, Super Bowl live. Now that it's over, it's draft season for everybody, not just the Jacksonville Jaguars. So it'll be plenty of draft content heading forward. And um, I, I want to take a dive into looking more so into uh, Trent Baalke's resume, and I'll probably get an article up on that as well to kind of, you know, give people some insight on him. And in terms of this podcast, you know, like you said, we got stuff uh, that we're working on in, for future episodes in the bank. Uh, we maybe want to look into me and you discussed this, maybe looking to doing uh, playing the role of Dave Caldwell and fixing the Jacksonville Jaguars for our next episode. We'll see how that goes. And then even beyond that, we got more and more content that we're thinking of. We're constantly just thinking of ways to break the barrier and just unconventional things that we can discuss and and different guests we can have on and so on and so forth. So, man, I can't wait to get to work. I'm glad to be here for episode one. And, um, you know, hopefully we'll have many, many more uh, that people are interested in. Absolutely. And again, guys, make sure, uh, make sure you check us out on all your uh, your favorite sites as far as whenever, wherever you listen to your podcast. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. Um, if you enjoy the show, please go to Apple Podcasts, subscribe, and give us a five-star review on there. Tell us what you like. And also make sure you, uh, you reach out to Jay and I on social media. We're on Twitter at Phil the Filipino, that is F-I-L-I-P-I-N-O, and Sports Grind underscore Don. Tweet us questions that you'd like us to answer on the show. Like like Jay said, we're going to do our best to get the abs- uh, the very best in terms of guests and content for this show, and we're really, really excited for this opportunity that Believe has given us. Again, if you're interested in advertising on the show, please contact Believe at believe.com and then uh, we can also check out the website believe.com and at believe podcast to find the library of like i said the very very best podcast between any anything from sports uh, reality television and movies and everything in between so that's it for episode one guys thank you so much for joining us we will be back very very soon this is the believe in the jaguars podcast on the believe podcast network i'm your host or your co-host phil smith aka phil the filipino that's james johnson we believe do you we'll see you guys next time
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.